Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul Favor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. Today is the 23rd of December, 2022. We've got a couple days prior to Christmas. Uh, we thought we would uh, kind of change things up a little bit and talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a while that's uh, near and dear to my heart, and so is uh, with Mike. And that is something I think that uh, maybe our country could would do well to remember uh, namely, the use of the law, the law of God. Uh, it's been called many things in the past. Uh, first and foremost, it's it's called a Torah. Uh, that is the uh, the law of God. It's summarily comprehended in the Ten Commandments that you find in Exodus twenty. Uh, so yeah, this is a little bit of a Bible study. I think we also want to look at uh, the practical uses of the law of God, and um, and I had just three things, three little shots I want to fire across the bow here, okay, about the law of God. First, just to kind of uh, before we actually read uh, the Ten Commandments again and talk about all that, is uh, there's, the Bible gives three principal uses of the law. And I, I'm saying this from a Christian standpoint. As Mike and I are both Christians, and we know some of you may not be, but uh, we hope you will. Uh, the first is to restrain the spread of lawlessness. Now, isn't that uh, refreshing <laughs> in light of uh, the Pandora's box of some idiocy that we've seen for a while? To restrain the spread of lawlessness is the uh, one of the principal uses of the law. The second is to bring all mankind under conviction of sin. We don't always like that, but uh, that nonetheless is one of the purposes. And third, uh, the third primary use of the law is to serve as a guide for Christians to live holy lives. And I think uh, I think we'd all do well to remember those things. I just wanted to kick things off here. What do you uh, what do you say to that, Mike? Well, you and I have talked about this on several occasions. And because you and I, um, and I don't know if people picked it picked up on this yet or not, but uh, you and I are not of one brain. Right. Um, that's what we, makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. So, um, but, you know, we we have uh, respectful discourse. You know, we, we're able to disagree and who cares? You know, I, I respect your opinion and, uh, and how you believe uh, – and what you believe and why you believe it, because uh, you're very you know articulate on on why that, and I respect that, and 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 you do the same for me. So um, we we don't have to agree, but you know we we certainly I'm I'm the wiser for understanding why it is that you think what you think. So this is just another one of those topics. Now the law, I think, is one of those things that's very interesting because uh, there's a lot of, in my opinion, misunderstanding about about the law. And 
uh, there's a lot of different opinions on its application today. And um, But what I see as a result of that, and you and I have talked about this, is because there's some misunderstanding about it, I think that tends to leave people um, rudderless yeah. as they go through life. And I think they're, now they're susceptible to a lot of nonsense that you see, especially today. Uh, so I think the law has um, a lot, of, you know, some importance today that it may not have had maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. If that's fair enough. Yeah, I would. Uh, now, I'm, I'm looking at a copy of our book, Iron Sharpening Iron. Uh, this came out in 14. Now, I wrote this uh, in 14, and it, I have, uh, it says, according to a USA Today poll, 60, 60, 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. And uh, I would say today, I would, I would less. be less, yeah, I think it's decidedly less. less. Yeah, and uh, are we the better? And there's there is a, a biblical illiteracy that's uh, prevalent, I would say, in our society. And then not only that, but in in the churches, there's a biblical illiteracy. Yeah, I was going to say it, it's it's even more embarrassing um, because when you're driving around town, um, in in small towns all across America are are very much alike. In this regard, you'll see a, a, a sign out um, in front of a church where it talks about the Ten Commandments, or they may even be posted. Um, but if you were to go into the congregation of that church, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but a vast majority of even the congregation within that church doesn't know all Ten Commandments. Sad. And true. so, yeah, but they'll be the first ones to tell you how important they are. Yeah. Extremely important. You need to live by them, blah, blah, blah but they don't even know them. Um, so I, th- I think it, it's, it, again, I think it's a part of the injustice or the disservice that a lot of um, churches are doing uh, to their congregations by not uh, talking about the Torah and not talking about the law. Absolutely, no doubt. I think, uh, so how do you want to start this off? You want to just, uh, we want to enumerate the uh, Ten Commandments? Yeah, we can, go, we can go through them. We can okay. do the shortened version. You can do the long version of Exodus 20. I mean, however you want to do it. Yeah, I think uh, what's also, when I was taught, uh, as I was catechized in the Presbyterian Church, I grew up Presbyterian, and I know you, I think you spent a, a good number of years there too, is uh, we learned that uh, the law of God has two tables, two tablets. And the first deals with God, our relationship to him and the second one with our relationship to others. So this with with the with number five being sort of a transition. Yeah. And I think it's it's really important to kind of see it that way, uh, because that's really what it is. I mean, the, the greatest commandment, as the Lord Jesus tells us, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is essentially... We're all tending I mean, on those two. They're right. all there. Absolutely. And then if you, if you go even beyond that um, to you know, every uh, ordinance, every part of the law there is, you know, again, those all hang on the 10. So it, you know, it, it really, um, it's just, they're just a continual refinement and, 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 and more nuanced as it gets down into it. Yeah, I mean, I think it it bears uh, 
relevance to say this also is why do we want to do a podcast on the Ten Commandments? Why do we want to talk about this? And I think because this is basics. This is the basics of Christianity. I think we could, as you said earlier, uh, is it any wonder that our nation is in the trouble that it's in because we have departed from our biblical moorings? We don't, we don't know what sin is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean I've, I've heard some crazy stuff. I mean, I just heard uh, yesterday, I believe, um, some, some pundit on TV, you know, some, some, uh, somebody on some show I was watching or news or whatever was talking about how, uh, you know, Jesus would, would uh, lead a gay, pi- a gay pride parade today. Mm. I, I don't know who they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but if you're not familiar with scripture, if you're not, yeah. if you're not grounded in, in scripture, you, you might even be like an, a, you know, a, go to church every Sunday Christian and, 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 and maybe pause a minute and think, well, gee, I wonder if he would. Now, the Jesus I know from the Bible, it, he challenged sin. He called it for what it is. And then he said, go and sin no more. So he didn't tolerate that. He, de- he does love sinners, and that's why we love him. He died for us. But he says, don't make a practice of sin. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm already start preaching here. Yeah, we're not, but, we don't uh, want to do that. But listen, I mean, if you this is just the basics, right? First yeah. John 3, 4. Uh, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. I mean... Yeah. You do not. You. It's impossible to know what sin is without understanding the law. They, they're yeah. that's they're 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 the same thing. I mean, uh, the you you cannot if you don't know what the law is, you don't know what sin is. Sin is just basically breaking the law. Yeah, that I, I think it's, I it's, would. It's uh, not. It's not. It, you know, sin is not just uh, not recognizing gay marriage or some silly thing like that. Okay, that, that's not what a sin is. Okay, sin is not hurting your feelings. No, yeah. sin has got nothing to do with feelings. Uh, and you, the facts don't care about your feelings. That's uh, right. I had to throw a little shout out there, Shapiro. Uh, but I would be remiss if I did not uh, quote the shorter catechism here. Uh, question number fourteen: What is sin? Sin is uh, any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Uh, so it's any want of conformity. So it's missing. It's not doing it. And then it's absolutely missing the marking. So in the New Testament, uh, the word sin is hamratia. It actually, it's an archery term. It just means you're not even on the bullseye. Yeah. You're, you're, you're way off uh, where you need to be. Yeah, I think Torah, I think a lot of times the way Torah is, ex- is uh, described um, is, is hitting the mark. It yes. means to hit the mark. Yeah, hit the mark. It's it's where you're. It's it's where we all strive to to be. Yeah, and and uh, why do we want to concern ourselves with this? Well, uh, before we even, I think it's also important too. Before we even read uh, the Ten Commandments, is in light of Christ, His perfect sacrifice, uh, and this is probably where we'll uh, depart with some of our Catholic friends, but we don't need to. Please stick around. Uh, but uh, Romans 4 tells us, uh, even before that, Romans 3.20 tells us that by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. That is declared righteous in the sight of God. So doing the law, I just have to say this, doing law is not going to save you. It's 
uh, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. And that's it. But the reason why we do the law is because we love the Lord and obey his commandments. We're commanded to be holy. And so the, the law drives us to Christ for grace. And then the believer lives out a holy life in gratitude. It's all about gratitude uh, because we fear God because we want to obey him. So yeah, it's uh, like, it's like what needs to be said. Well, in my house, just like your house, Paul, I mean, we have rules. Uh, My children, you know, uh, are expected to follow the rules of the house. Um, So if you are in God's family, uh, naturally you would want to understand what the rules are. You love your father. You want to respect your father and you want to live according to the rules of his house. Uh, this is what Torah is. It's just righteousness. It's not perfection. Um, it's not uh, going to give you salvation, and it never was able to give you salvation. Right. Um, it's just what right is. So it's very important. I, I think that's where we lose sight. We think, well, because I don't get salvation from it, then I don't. I can ignore it. It has no bearing on me. Well, that that's ridiculous. Um. You know, you need to understand what right is. You need to be instructed on righteousness. Just like you instruct your children growing up. You know, don't steal. You know, don't don't lie. Uh, don't covet. I mean, these things are part of the law. And they're, and they're there for our, uh, our wisdom. They're there our for growth, our good. Right, and our good. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, I mean, the last thing I just want to say about this, too, is uh, the Bible says, I can't remember where it says this in Proverbs, but don't, do not remove an ancient boundary. Uh, and we've removed the boundaries, yeah. right? We've removed the boundaries from marriage. We've removed boundaries for everything, okay? And so when we do things God's way, we get his results. We just said we know better, and we'll do it our way. In fact, that is the, could be on the tombstone. I'd hope, I hate to see if America ever uh, succumbs to its own foolishness, but it would say we did it our way. Exactly. That's yeah. that's that was our Frank, you know, every, Frank Sinatra yeah. song. We we did it our way, yeah. Well, man has a history of that. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's uh we, yeah. we keep talking. It's hit these things. Okay. Uh, so and uh, of course, the first place you would go to find uh, the Ten Commandments is in Exodus uh, chapter twenty, and that's uh, uh, starting in verse one. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And God spoke all these things, saying. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. So that is the first commandment. And uh, uh, I think, uh, like I said, most people, if there's 40% of the commandments they don't know, it's probably one of the first ones they don't know. They often hear, you know, don't lie, don't commit adultery, and and steal and stuff like that. But the first commandment says, God says, I have no rival. I will have no rival. I will brook no rival. I am the only God with a capital G. There's other lowercase g gods. We aren't really gods anyway, but they're clamoring for your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're clamoring for your worship, uh, but I will not tolerate that. And so the first commandment is a call for um, exclusive worship of Yahweh alone. That's, the, that's, that's what the first commandment is saying. It's declarative. It's also command. It's, it's acknowledging that there are no other gods. And it's also calling upon the exclusive adherence of the worshiper of God uh, to, to give worship to God alone, to acknowledge him that way, uh, not only in your heart and your mind, but also your actions, 
uh, to put him first in everything. He comes first above everything, above life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, everything above uh, your spouse, above your children, above your job. It, it goes God first. It's the first allegiance. That's why it begins with that. So, I mean, it's, it's number such one. a number one. Yeah, number yeah, one in your heart. All yeah, and things. I would say that they are um, in order of importance. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, they're, even... They're, they're numbered for a reason. Uh, and yeah, they're numbered for a reason. So I think if you get this one wrong, you get it all wrong. Yeah. It's all wrong. Um, I, I wanted to, to say something on this uh, as by way of an example. Uh, we can also make gods of other things. We can have, our hearts can be idle factories, as John Calvin once said. Uh, our hearts uh, can be that way, and uh, as such, uh, John the Apostle writes in First John 5, the last thing he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Don't make an idol out of anything. And, and uh, that's getting into the second uh, commandment, but the idea is if, uh, if you put, if you elevate anything above uh, God, what you're going to do is you're going to relegate God to second place. Yeah, don't don't worship things. Good transition into the second one. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So there's the second commandment. Uh, the second commandment is uh, Exodus 20 verse three. You shall have no other gods before me. And uh, and so we we've kind of explained uh, the second commandment, but the second commandment is related to the first. Uh, but God has a, on that note, God also has a right to tell us how he's to be worshipped. Uh, and so in worship, uh, the way that's done is also important. So we're not to use something and to worship God by that object, if that makes sense. We don't want, God doesn't want a statue of him made and to worship him by way of that statue. Yeah, and we, which is kind of important. No, and you know, we have a long history of creating uh, God in our own image. Yeah. Um, or getting rid of the big G God, right? And kind of creating our little G God and um, having him set up kind of the way we need him to be uh, and doing what we need him, sort of a controllable God, a God that meets our purposes. Uh, and that's the real danger. Um, that's that's just not the terms. You know, that's not the way it's that's not the way it's set up. Yeah, and a, a great example of this is, of course, uh, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and uh, part of the Red Sea. They came out. They grumbled and grumbled. Anyway, they got to the foot of Mount Sinai, and while Moses was up getting receiving these commandments, uh, they were running amok, going crazy. <laughs> They actually, uh, this is sad, they took the spoils of war that God had given them from the hands of the Egyptians, all the jewelry, and they melted them down, smelted them down, and they made a golden calf. And they, they uh, in a way, forced the hand of Aaron to do that. And uh, Aaron did not restrain them and went along with it. And they said, hey, behold, Israel, this is your God that brought you out. And, uh, and so that's really a demonstration of that's, that's a no-go. Because um, here's the idea. Because we're, we're, we're fallen, we're fallen in Adam, we want a God that we can see. And uh, God is uh, spirit. Uh, he is infinite, eternal, 
he's holy. Uh, he's not a man. God's not a man. Now, of course, uh, the Son of God became a man. This is uh, Christmas Eve, so we know that. Uh, but the idea is we're not to worship God uh, by a statue, by way of a golden calf, by way of anything else. God wants us to think about Him and His Word in ways that He reveals to us. And so the worship of God is to be in acceptable ways that He tells us to do it. Mm-hmm. That's really the point. Uh, and we are not to worship God in a way that's unprescribed in Scripture. Uh, uh, King Jehu of Israel in uh, 2 Kings, uh, I believe, 9 or 10, he actually does that. He does, he was a, uh, it was a mighty warrior. Uh, and, you know, he rounds up all of the Baal worshipers and he puts them all to the sword and the torch. And, and he was very zealous for God, but he got this wrong. Uh, he got the second commandment wrong. And so we could, we could be very, very zealous for God and still blow it on that. And so God wants us to uh, worship him with our mind, our heart, our soul, our strength, and not by the aid of some type of statue. That's just uh, and one example. And, and I talked about this earlier is uh, many times in my past, I have had to receive a check and to be disciplined by the Lord for making something an, an idol. Uh, and what I mean by making something, I'm elevated something above God's uh, being first place. It could be a job. Mm-hmm. It could be yourself. And uh, what the Lord has done in the past is he's removed that as an impediment to worship. And so he'll just simply remove that job or he'll remove that opportunity for you to serve in those ways until you get the message. And the whole yeah. point is for you to get the message. Yeah. And God says, I will, I will brook no rival. I will not tolerate that. And if you are an adopted son and daughter of God, you need to learn that uh, because the Lord says he disciplines those he loves. Right. And and if you're not being disciplined, you're not uh a legitimate son and daughter of God. So that's just an aside. But uh, yeah, those first two commandments, if they're wrong, everything else will be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then, uh, so uh, the now the second commandment goes on to say, uh, you shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness uh, that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Uh, that is on the, under the water, under the earth, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. Uh, the word serve there uh, is in the sense of uh, as a priest. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So I want you to note this here. It's a... Uh, it's almost, uh, these almost, I'd say, go together. Love me and keep my commandments. So this mirrors what Jesus says in uh, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so you have the fear of God, the love of God, and the obedience toward God all kind of together. I think it's something really important for you to see there. Well, see, in, in this, I'm, I'm glad you actually read the entire commandment there because there's there's some key things there um one time the uh a disciple of the messiah asked um why why is he blind is it is because of the sins of his of his father now he wasn't chastised by that so you need to understand that 
and in this in this uh, uh, commandment here, you see that visiting the inequities right onto generations. I mean, this is a hard thing for people sometimes to grasp, but as parents, if you suck as a parent, your children are going to suffer, okay? If, if you make bad decisions, I'm sorry, but you, probably your children are going to suffer as a result of it. Probably your wife's going to suffer. There's no difference in, in, in Yahweh's law. Um, if you break commandments... Um, your your family and your uh, future generations are going to suffer as a result of it. This is why the this is why the disciple asked the Messiah that one time says is is, is is he is this because of a sin from his father or grandfather? And he didn't he didn't he didn't chastise him for that. What he said was no he's he's blind because I'm going to come and I'm going to heal him uh, for the glory of God. I'm going to show you that's the reason why, but it could have been, you're absolutely right. He may have been blind because of the sin of his father. And so we have to understand uh, also um, us understanding the law and us trying to be righteous is also going to benefit our family and it's not going to bring uh, hardships onto our family. Yeah. Well said. I think this also reminds us of the priesthood of uh, the father and husband. Uh, I mean, I think you don't hear that a lot anymore. Is the the father, the husband, is the priest of the home. He's the right. he's the one who keeps uh, the nefarious elements from encroaching into that holy place. Because each house, each home, was to be a little church. Yep, a little uh, a holy place. Yeah, your um, refuge, right? Your refuge yeah. from the uh, from a sinful world. Yeah, and uh, we have a spiritual covering, if you will. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, of course, uh, the husband has a, is a spiritual covering for the wife. And so my daughter, who is unmarried, I'm sp- her spiritual covering, one day, uh, God willing, she will meet, uh, she'll have a, a godly man, and he will become her spiritual covering. This is, a, this is important. Uh, another reason why we want to know the Ten Commandments, so that we can you know, live, live our life uh, in holy ways, and also because they or the way we live has a bearing on the lives of our children and our wife. And, and so this is, uh, it's important not only for ourselves, but for others. I mean, it's kind of opens up a new, um, uh, the aperture a little wider. I'm fighting with a little bit of a cold here. So uh, yeah. that's, what's going on. That's okay. We I got, I got, them. yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I, uh, it's that time of year. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just got over mine. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, so the third commandment, uh, third commandment is uh, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Uh, now, uh, I think this one's probably been uh, misunderstood more probably than any other commandment. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, so what does that mean exactly? Uh, what this means is uh, God f- this forbids the... Uh, forbids us from using God's name incorrectly uh, to to use it in vain. I would say and use it in sinful ways. To use God's holy name in a sinful way. And I'll just use it this way. This is where my brain first and foremost goes. Now, the, the name of Jesus is holy. The only time that I hear the world using that is as a curse word, as in a blasphemous way. The only time you hear them say God 
is in a blasphemous way. Uh, and so that should irk us. And so we shouldn't be the ones that use God or Jesus, and let alone uh, the word, the name Christ in a way that is vain, sinful, uh, blasphemous ways. And the world, you, you hear that name, those names all the time, those titles of God all the time, but you hear them in ways that, uh, that are blasphemous. And so why, why is that important? Because God's name is an extension of his personality. And so his name, uh, his name alone is holy. And so we just use, God doesn't want us to be flippant with the name of God. That's, that's a name that we swear by, uh, you know, to our own hurt. Uh, it's a name that uh, is to be set aside and worship as holy and set apart. And so I think uh, uh, that should not only irk us when we hear that, but also it reminds us that God's name alone is holy. And when we speak of God's name, uh, it needs to be in respect and reverence, holy awe, and in worship. What do you got to say about that? Uh, uh, well, I think that's that's all good. Uh, there's another part of that too, um, which also conveys the the uh, message of don't bring it to naught. Yeah. Um, you know, it's important that you recognize that uh, God has a name; it is holy, and that it, it's important. And it's mentioned, uh, you know, thousands of times through Scripture. So, um, you know. It, it's all a part. I think it all ties in very nicely with the first and the second, um, because, like you said, names do convey a character. Yeah, right? absolutely. When we uh, we name our children, uh, this is also you know promissory as we're naming them. As a name has a meaning, right. and uh, you know we want to we want to think about it that way. But uh, where are we at here? I think we're on our our uh, fourth fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. So the fourth commandment in uh, Exodus 20, verse 8 is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Amen. That's so, a, it's a, yeah. a long commandment. Yeah. Now when you, uh, this is also another commandment that, uh, you know, is normally not understood. And there's been a lot of ink spilt on what exactly this means. Uh, now, just first and foremost, we understand this from the, the Jewish perspective. In the Old Testament, this was uh, Saturday. Uh, this was the day that was set aside uh, from Friday at sunset to Saturday at sunset. So that was that was a day to set aside everything else. So you'd had to do your uh, the, the meals that you were going to eat on that day. They had to be done you know prior to Friday at sunset. Uh, you had you couldn't be going on long journeys. Uh, the work was suspended. Whatever was going on, it had to come to an end. And this first commandment reminds us of God making everything in six literal 24-hour days and then resting. Uh, and so we have the mirror of that in the actual creation of the heavens and the earth. And so this commandment, the first and foremost is, 
uh, this day is set aside for holy use. Uh, and so this is the day that's set aside uh, not only for rest, but for worship. So it's a day that's set aside for worship. Uh, it's a day of rest, both spiritually and physically, for the people of God. Uh, and and so when the first thing you look at is, uh, you know, this is a day not just to just do you know, whatever you want. I'm, I'm talking about in the, the, the Jewish perspective, uh, and I think it's also important when we get to the New Testament, and this is, be, this is according to my understanding as a Christian, the way I read my Bible is the, the Sabbath is now Sunday, uh, and that is because uh, uh, the cosmic work of Christ was done in such a way that it, it made the new uh, Sabbath day a Sunday, and that's why Christians meet on Sunday to worship. Um, now there, there's other. Uh, there's a. It's called the Seventh Day Adventist. Uh, they believe that Sunday is uh, that the Saturday is to be maintained. Yeah, they, yeah, they do Saturday. Hey, and, and if that's uh, that's you, yeah. Let me just say this too, okay? Uh, it's not a showstopper because the Word of God says that we're to worship uh, on every day, and so. Uh, but for me, in my house. We believe that Sunday is the day of worship. It's the Sabbath, uh, and that is the the mainline Christian understanding of it. Yeah, I, I uh, just and this is this is one area of you know others that uh, you and I have some disagreement on. That's fine. Um, I started out as a Presbyterian, just like you, uh, Paul. Uh, so Sunday was. And I'm a Baptist now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah. you know, my 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 point is. Um, yeah, I started out uh, Sunday worship, uh, then went to Saturday worship, um, and of course now I'm completely off the Roman Gregorian calendar, so I'm like a really weirdo. Yeah, you are. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but I think the more important aspects of the Sabbath, instead of just sitting around and trying to figure out calendars and what have you, because that's a, a topic in itself, to be honest with, uh, when does a day start and all the rest of it, but... Um, the rest is very important and I think it's very difficult. So let's just say, um, you're a Sunday rest kind of guy. Okay. The, 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 the point is, um, turning your attention away from what it is that you normally do during your work week and now resting, rejuvenating, and turning your attention uh, to Yahweh, to God. And um, I think it's a very difficult thing to do, and I think it actually takes a little bit of training because it's, sometimes it's very difficult. I don't know if you run into this, Paul, but it's, it's difficult just to relax. And you really need to train yourself to do that, and it's very important for your soul, and it's very important for um, even your performance during the work week. I think if you can get yourself into a time when you um, turn away from all the, the crap of the world that you got going on, and you can really like just turn your attention back to the Word and kind of like what your purpose is in life and, and kind of get grounded again that, that day, it really kind of helps you uh, for the rest of that week. 
because you can just get to where you're just like just working every day and you just, you know, you're, you're drifting farther and farther and farther away from his word and his intent for you and all that. So I think the Sabbath has got, you know, the Sabbath is made for man. Yeah. You know, man was not, you know, made for the Sabbath. Right. Um, and I think you have to understand that, that, you know, it's, 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 it's important because, you know, you know, he created us and he understands how we work. You know, we're, we're, you know, we work really good for six days, but we need to have a down day because yeah. that's the way we're designed. Yeah. And I, uh, so I wanted to add this a little bit. I think this is really important here is uh, the, uh, the understanding of the Christian Sabbath. Really, I want to go to two scriptures here. And uh, I recently was preaching on this, so it's just a little close to home. But in uh, Matthew 12, this famous uh, episode Jesus and his disciples are walking through the grain fields, and uh, we're told that uh, the Pharisees were there, and they noted that uh, the disciples were eating the grain. They didn't have their hands washed, and and not only that, but it was the Sabbath, and so they had a beef with Jesus, and they and they uh, they said, "Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath." Uh, I just want to note what Jesus said here. He says, verse three of chapter twelve. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place, meaning his immediate presence, mm-hmm. there is one greater than the temple. That's right. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Now listen to what he says, okay? So he's saying, we know that Jesus said, I'm the true temple. You know, in John 2, verse 19, he says, destroy this temple, and he's pointing to himself, and in three days I'll raise it up. So he's talking about the true temple is his body. Uh, which we know to be true. So you could build another temple in Jerusalem, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that's not the real temple. The true temple is the one that Christ is building in the heavenlies by and through the power of the Holy Ghost, right? That's the true temple. But he also says this. He says one greater than the temple is here, and he means himself and uh, his own disciples as part of that temple, and not only that, but I think we should latch onto this. He says, they're guiltless. So just understand this, that he says all of that in verse 8, he says, For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So the whole point is this. Jesus is the true temple. He's the true rest. And he's the true Sabbath. And so this is what the, the meaning of the Christian understanding of the Sabbath is. If you're in Christ... If you're born again, if you're in him, then you are part of that true temple, and that is the rest that was promised to the people of God. He is the place of rest. He's a person of rest. Right. And so you can't really worship God and, and, you know, if you're not in Christ, number one. Right. And number two is uh, that the Sabbath doesn't have, at least in my understanding and my opinion and my belief, it doesn't have the full ramifications of what the Sabbath is if you're not in him. I couldn't agree yeah. to more, but again, um, and so that means you, it's not about it's not about a, a day; it's about right. a person. 
Well, just like we talked yeah. about, um, there's Ten Commandments and they're in order. Yeah. What the Messiah was doing there, as he did on every occasion that he was around Pharisees, was instruct the religious people. Okay, because they had all kinds of their own man-made interpretations of what Yahweh's law was. And uh, the Messiah never once violated his father's law. He was an embodiment of it. What he was doing was instructing them on the hierarchy and the true meaning of the law. They, they, They had lost sight of that. They had built all types of rules and regulations and safeguards and fences around their precious understanding of the law the whole time they're violating it because they're not understanding that all the law hangs on <laughs> loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? And loving your fellow man like, you know, like you love God so or like you love yourself. So, um, again, you know, he's instructing them on what righteousness is and what law is. But, um, yeah, it's a good point that uh, that you brought that up. But, again, I, I guess what I wanted to say here is the the Old Testament pointed to the full and final rest, which is in Jesus. And that's what Hebrews 3 and 4 about is all about. And that's why the, the author of the book of Hebrews says, look, don't don't turn away from Christ to go back to Judaism. Don't do that. right? Don't go turn away from grace to go back to the law because the law is to point us to Christ, not away from yeah. him. Right? No, it's, it's instruction. Yeah. It's instruction in righteousness. But my whole point is Jesus is the fulfillment of that fourth commandment. Absolutely. But, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, I think I would tell you that it's impossible to understand uh, the Messiah or his father without understanding law. It is who yeah. they are. It is, it, is the, it is how things operate. Well, yeah, that's, that's important, too, because the law is holy, righteous, just, yeah. and good. And it right. is the mirror of right. the character of God. And so when you see that character, you you see God's holiness, you see God's standards. And we've yeah. and that's one of the things reason why we're having this show today is because we you know, you and I are both concerned with the fact that I th- I think Christianity falls short in instructing in righteousness. Well, yeah, the the modern church absolutely. It does. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it, it we really need to get kind of back to that because, you know, this is what this is what is who we are, you know. Um we, we need to understand what right and wrong is. We need to have discernment. And I, you know, we're and we're we're getting into this yeah, episode, we're, <laughs> and we're yeah. only on the fourth commandment here. So, hey, so uh, but it's important. Rest is important. Yeah. I think it rejuvenates the soul, and I think it, um, you know, if if you're smart, you get back in the Word, and you, you, you know, you get yourself some instruction in righteousness during the Sabbath. So, on that note, yeah, the fifth commandment. All right, uh, we're told in verse twelve of Exodus twenty: Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. I thought it would be fun if just let you you go on that one first. Well, I think I can. <laughs> I consider it's a transitory commandment. I think um, you, know, you honor your father, your heavenly father, uh, as you honor your um, worldly father. And um, it's, it's funny how that's... It's it's funny how that's worded, but um, you know, by honoring your parents, you know, you're yourself are reaping the benefits of that. Um, you we're going to disagree with our parents, yeah, um, and I think that's okay. But 
uh, just because you have a disagreement or um, have some sort of, um, uh, you know, there's kind of two parts of that. Number one is your father also has a, has a responsibility to uh, bring you up in the law. He needs to be righteous himself. If he's not righteous, that can be very difficult. If you as a child or as a son uh, is striving to be righteous and your father or parents are, are not, um, you don't dishonor them, though. You still need to you still need to show them honor as best you can, as best you and and uh, do what you need to do, and sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah, I think uh, what what Bear is mentioning here is uh, the word for honor in uh, Hebrew is kabod, and uh, the way you can remember this is ikabod, uh, which is also mentioned in the Word of God. He was a child that was dropped uh, mm. when the Ark of the Covenant was taken. That's a whole other story, uh, but. Uh, they were. They said the glory of Israel has departed, and uh, anyway, the the word kabod means weighty. It means it has weight. It has relevance. It's uh, so that shows it's first. It's a preeminent type of thing, and so it's it's important. It's heavy. It's weighty, and so if you look at that command, it reminds us that uh, our our parents first and foremost they bear relevance. In your life, even when you're out of the home, they still we we hold the high esteem to them, and uh, they they come before other people. So if you've got to help people, and you know, and they're part of that, obviously you're going to help them first. You're not. I would say violating this commandment is uh, obviously as a child you're talking back to your dad or yep. your mom, and of course, which your dad should be warming up your backside. But not only that, but it, it extends to elders. Mm -hmm. And so when you honor, uh, you honor the fifth commandment by honoring those who are older than you, you call them, you know, you say, yes, sir, ma'am, and you're respectful. And it doesn't mean that you can let them run amok. It just means that you're, you're, you're uh, setting aside uh, some honor to them and you're respecting them as older than you. And uh, you, you uh, and here that also, people have asked me this too. Uh, if your parents and you know, you're older, and you're an adult, and your father is, you know, just a JA, okay, just kind of going nuts, you know, at some point, uh, that's you're not going to have to put up with that. I mean, if you if you did, and uh, then you would be wrong. Yeah, I mean, so you, this has its place. Yeah, we all kind of get to the age of accountability, uh, and, and you know, it's up to you where you think that's at. Personally, I think it's around twenty, but. Um, you know, it, it, this kind of comes up a little bit too. I, you get asked this questions like, "Well, why why are you showing why are you showing respect for so and so?" You know, you get this in the military, and and you know we're we're taught in the military that you show respect because um, it's really a reflection on you. You know, I salute an officer; it's a reflection on me because I'm self disciplined and I'm showing that person the respect that they're due. Yeah, it's got they may have or may not have earned it, but they're going to get it. Okay. It's, I think it's the same way when it comes to the fifth commandment a little bit. I like, uh, yeah, I like the, uh, of course, from the Band of Brothers, you know, it's a good lesson yeah. uh, that you salute the rank and not the man. I mean, it's also important to respect the man, but the, the whole idea is that that rank. And it's a reflection um, on you, yeah. you know, if you're able to do that. You're showing yeah, self-discipline. You're showing. Uh, it's a dishonorable thing to you if you yeah. don't do it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you're not really taking anything from, from them. Right. It's really showing that you're immature 
continue to grow. So I think as a, as a young man growing up, um, we start to learn uh, emotional intelligence yeah. uh, when we're dealing with our fathers. Right on. Well, so uh, Sixth Commandment. Yeah. Okay, so this one is uh, often gotten a lot wrong. Um, but in verse 13, it's very short. You shall not murder. Murder. Now, uh, notice I said uh, murder and not kill. Uh, the original King James says, a shouting out, kill. Uh, but, you know, I think we've talked about this in another we podcast. Uh, it simply says, uh, don't murder. You know, don't illegally take life. And that's really what it means. Yeah, killing is sanctioned uh, throughout Scripture. Yes. Uh, and in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, in Romans 13, where it says that... Uh, uh, the judge does not bear the sword in vain. And, and what the Apostle Paul is talking about in that context is a judge that's going to actually uh, drop the gavel on someone who's going to uh, be executed right. with the sword. And in that day and age, the sword was, was used to cut off a Roman citizen's head. And, and so the idea is, uh, you know, killing is uh, the legal taking of life. And murder is the illegal taking of life. And I I think we just the short answer here is I, I like to use this as an example. I think it's the best one. But in the Old Testament, you have David and Saul, and we're told that Saul killed his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. And David, as a mighty warrior, he legally, righteously took the lives of the enemies of his country, but he murdered Uriah the Hittite. He sure did. And so. And he also lied and did a bunch of things. And then that was all, that all came out in the wash when uh, God sent his prophet Nathan to call him on it. But the whole point is uh, David misused the power of the sword and he took the life illegally of uh, one of his own mighty men, as right. terrible as that was. That's right, one of, of his Uriah. leaders. Yeah. Uh, but earlier when he was doing things right, and then I hope you see this as a conscience issue. This is uh, when you are not so much hating those in front of you, but loving those behind you. And so it's uh, the, the sword is not to be used for personal vengeance right. or to personally ingratiate yourself, which what David was doing with the sword. He misused the power of the sword. Well said. So, uh, but yeah. Well said. Uh, so I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think you nailed that. So the seventh commandment, uh, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, whoa. All right, there's a lot there, right? That uh, the may beyond the initial look is, uh, you know, what is adultery? Maybe we should just start with that. What is adultery? Uh, adultery, uh, as the word the word of God says, is having sex with someone outside the bonds of marriage. That's really what it is. Uh, the Lord Jesus even says this in the Sermon on the Mount that when you look at a woman. Uh, with lustful intent, then you've already done this. And so it's not just uh, I can see and not touch. It also means uh, you can sin with your mind. Uh, you can sin also with your uh, feelings. So uh, people can, I'll just say this simplistically saying is most men, they... Uh, you know, they, they don't see this aspect. And so they can be flirtatious. Uh, they can sin with their Facebook app, uh, with their texting. And so this kind of opens 
wide the aperture here of ways of sinning. You can sin in thought, word, and deed. You can sin by doing things and by not doing things. And so uh, adultery is having sexual relations with someone who is not your spouse. Okay, and I'll just, I'll just throw out my cards here too. Is uh, The Word of God says only a man and a woman are the only to, only people to be married. So marriage is between one man and one woman for life, and that's it. Uh, and I think that needs to be said. Now, even though you know our nation, they can go ahead and legislate whatever the heck they want, but that ain't yeah. going to make it right. I think you and I have talked about this uh, previously. We're, uh, so we're, I, I we're, really, I'm happily out of step with, with society. That's I, I, yeah, I, I really could care less what the state sanctions. It just It's irrelevant yeah. to me. Um, you know, if, if you want to legalize um, the ability to marry your dog, yeah, uh, and, that could and, be coming. Uh, hey, that's fine. I just don't consider it marriage. Um, the only marriage I'm concerned with was what, what I can find in scripture. Yeah, so that's that's really what uh, you know the seventh commandment is. You know, it's now, like I was saying is uh, maybe that opens things. You know, you could maybe not have thought of that before. Uh, it's just really being unfaithful. You can be unfaithful to your spouse in other ways than um, than you may think, just by also being flirtatious and thinking of things and and uh, texting and phone calls. Yeah, try to keep and, your try to keep yeah. yourself in check. Yeah, so you got to reel yourself in. And yeah. I would say, you know, we do things God's way, we get His results. And uh, you know, when a man finds a wife, he finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And the Lord says to satisfy yourself as a man, with your wife's breasts. The Bible actually says that in uh, Proverbs. So the idea is you should be able to satisfy yourself with your wife, and that should be enough. And I would just, I would go off on a, a little bit of a plank here, and I also say, hey, pornography destroys your marriage. And I think you need to, you guys, are, if you're into that, I think you need, it would be good to cut ties, cut sling load. Uh, yeah, wean be, yourself off of that. Yeah, I would. It only wean, gets worse. Yeah, right? because what you what you would do. I've I'm, I'm, I'm never known someone who was into pornography that had it together. Yeah, I just never I haven't met that person yet. Yeah, and because what happens is, uh, long, the short answer is, you're gonna want your wife to look like that, and you're gonna be thinking about somebody else except for your wife, even when you guys are together and alone, and it just destroys everything. So you're supposed to grow old together. And look old together and all that good stuff. It's okay. Yeah. Just just keep it natural uh, within the bonds of marriage, and it's enough. And your wife should be enough for you. And, uh, I'm going to move along here. Yeah. <laughs> number right. nine. Uh, yeah, number eight. So uh, you shall not steal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So uh, steal. All right, this was kind of an easy one. Uh, this is, uh, you know, things taking things that are not yours. But also just think about this. Uh, being fraudulent on your tax return. And we talked about this before. I mean, being truthful and honest in all things. Uh, and so in tell, telling someone the truth, giving them the truth. Um, and what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? I want to just throw you under the bus. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do with bearing false witness. I think it kind of rolls into the next one as well. But, um, you know, as far as truthfulness and, uh, and what have you. But stealing is, I think... Uh, I think that's an, a very easy, I think it's one of the easiest commandments to understand. I don't think people have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Where was I here? Let me get back to my page. 
Uh, yeah, so not steal. Roll to nine. Uh, number nine. So first sixteen, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay, so it's a line. Well, I now on that one, I think uh, that's can be a little longer than that. Um, yeah, I think we're talking about gossip too. Um, I think is a part of that, um, and we all like to do that. But uh, you know, yeah, I think you need to check yourself as far as um, you know, are are you. Are you uh, discussing other people in their in their best? You know, you're supposed to always think um, think the best of others, not the worst of others. Um, you know, we all have shortcomings, but it's not really our place to be highlighting those, and especially not with others. You should always, if somebody's late, you should think, well, there's a there's a reason for it. They're not purposely late. Uh, if they if something didn't go the way you thought it was going to go, always think on the side of uh, there's a good reason. And I think if you get in the habit of doing that, I think that uh, helps you a little bit with with uh, with the ninth commandment. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, the Lord says He hates a lying tongue, uh, someone who perverts the truth and uh, ignores the truth. So, the, the, one of the ideas of uh, uh, studying the Ten Commandments and and living them out is we love God's truth mm-hmm. uh, and we want God's results. And uh, so I think it's, you know, being honest. I think uh, as I've matured, as I've I read, or more readily tell someone my mind than I did in the past, instead of just talking about them behind their back, I think it's a man thing, too, is to tell sure. some other man to his face, hey, this you did X, Y, Z, and that kind of bothered me, and, uh, you know, let's yeah. work on it. Yep. You know, so. And then 10th commandment, uh, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Dude, there's a lot there. There is. Um, how many times have we just gone through life and and just like, man, you know, I wish I had that. I wish I there's you really we you know this is really telling you kind of be content with what you have and what what uh, what blessings you've been provided. Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, you could do this and do that, but I think I think it's really a dangerous place to get is where you start um, desiring that which has not been provided for you instead of appreciating that that you have. And I think in this country especially, I mean, we're guilty of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that the Tenth Commandment and the First Commandment are are uh, closely interchanged. Uh, they're they're correlative. Uh, the idea is um, if God's not enough for you, yeah. right? Just think about that. Right. Then you're coveting and uh, all those things. If, uh, you know, your life, uh, the money you have, your children, that's not enough for you, then you're really making an idol out mm-hmm. of the desire for that. Well, it can lead into you uh, bearing false witness. Yeah. It can lead to you stealing. It yeah. can lead into a lot of things. I mean, you have to really check yourself on the coveting. Yeah, and so the opposite of um, coveting is being content. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul bring this out in the Colossians attitude 3, 5. of gratitude. Yeah, I mean, we we often hear that in uh, you know Thanksgiving time frame, but that's true. You know, to be content, and you know, the Apostle Paul writes about that in Philippians three from a prison that he's learned to be content. I think uh, I just want to say this that you know the Apostle Paul had to learn. Someone who had seen the third heaven, okay, 
had, probably had all the gifts of the Spirit. He had to learn how to be content. And I think there's hope for you and I. I know that I, I am still learning how to be content. Absolutely. With uh, the life God gave me, my wife, my kids, my money, my job, everything. And and when we go beyond that, we get into covetousness. Now, this is not to say that we don't want to live an awesome life. Uh, no, we talked. We, no, we've talked about that. I mean, dreaming is important. Yeah. Having goals is important. Wanting more uh, for your family and wanting the best for them is this. I mean, I think that's perfectly natural. Like, gets you off your butt and gets you moving. Um, but it shouldn't be something that just overrides your better judgment and what you know what what right and wrong is. Yeah. Now, as we're uh, kind of running out of time, I also wanted to just say this because it's Christmas Eve uh, that. Um, you know, something we may not hear, may not know, because you have your tree, you have those lights. Uh, I also like to see the nativity. Uh, around my neighborhood, I, I see a lot of Grinch and Santa and things like that. But the nativity is good, and uh, I like that. It's because those three wise men visited, we know, in Luke, when uh, they visited Christ, the king, when he was actually probably three or four years old. And so... What am I saying is Christmas is not, uh, <clears throat> we know that Jesus was not born on the 25th of December, and anyone with a brain, I think, knows that. But what we do is we're, we're setting aside that day uh, to worship the Lord and His greatest gift, which is Christ. A religious and, Thanksgiving, perhaps? What's that? Is that a good characterization, a religious Thanksgiving? Uh, I think so. And I think, uh, well, Christmas, and I think the idea is uh, we celebrate God's presence with us. It sounds kind of corny, but uh, that's really what it is. So Christmas I mean, is all about is joy, peace, it, any time, Yeah, any time that brings the family, I think, together uh, for a special occasion is awesome. Yeah. You know, any, anything you can do these days to strengthen the family and those bonds and, and, and remember what's important in life, I think, is, is valuable. Yeah. So maybe the last thing I could say for that is uh, what the chorus of heaven says. Uh, they say, uh, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good men, good uh, good uh, good will toward men." And so uh, I, I'm uh, I'm happy and thankful for everything I have. I want to I want to fight for that contentment and not be covetous. And uh, so when you gather around uh, <clears throat> your family uh, this weekend. Remember that and uh, thank the Lord for that and everything you have as we work on these together and as we uh, strive to be uh, men that are holy for our family's sake also uh, and that we live uh, the, the best lives that we have here for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian religion. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at Blacksmith publishing.com and if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel head on over to the general store located at PinelanderGeneralStore.com that's all one word PinelanderGeneralStore.com 
have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at PinelanderGeneralStore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.